98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station, and the Arizona Sports App. NFL Free Agency Frenzy with Wolf and Luke. All right, joining us right now on the 72 Sold Sports Line is Paul Calvisi, sideline reporter and more for the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, Paulie, thank you for joining us. I, I feel like it's my responsibility to at least point out that as we were going to break, and I mentioned Paul Calvisi joins us next. Uh, Wolf, what was your response to that? What? Yeah, that was, that was um, his response, Paulie, just so you know what you're walking into. Look, uh, full disclosure, I'm really not talking to Wolf. We're not on speaking terms right <laughs> no. now, to be okay. honest with you. And uh, it may or may not date back to the last edition of the Big Red Rage, where <laughs> Wolf pretty much guaranteed, Luke, that J.C. Jackson would be coming to the Cardinals. He said it repeatedly. He did everything except actually report it. And uh, you from, what I, from what I can tell, they didn't even have a stinking discussion, much less sign on the line that is dotted. Okay, Paul. That's enough out of you, all right? Nobody wants to hear your bull. That's number one. And also, thanks for calling in, Paulie. Yeah, thanks for calling in. Do you have a sports line you want to well, No, I already did that. Okay, yeah. you already like did I that? told Good Burns and Gamble, I'm not driving down there with gas $5 a gallon. Okay. Capiche? <laughs> That's only 5 Where do you live? <laughs> Paulie, um, your take on the Arizona Cardinals and what they did in free agency yesterday. Well, they had two big needs. Not wants. There are wants and needs. They needed James Conner, in yes. my opinion. They needed that mentality. They needed that every down back. I love Chase Edmonds. In fact, one of the biggest needs right now would be to replace Chase Edmonds and Christian Kirk when it comes to the media. I mean, we need interviews at this point, okay? You need to go down through the free agent tracker and figure out who's good in front of a microphone right now, okay? So there's our little personal shout-out to Steve Kime. It always the, comes back to you. <laughs> just, you know, and, and, and props to those two guys because, you know what? Win or lose, you know whether it was a lopsided loss or not, those guys would always come to the post-game interview in the locker room one-on-one. They'd answer all the questions. Okay. But I understand why the Cardinals would go after a James Conner. If it was either or versus Chase Edmonds, you got to go with James Conner. Even Chase himself told us, did he not, Wolf, that middle of last year, he said, you know what, two years ago before James Conner, third and one, you know, I mean, third and five, third and six seemed easier than third and one, third and two. Yeah. Because you didn't have that short yardage back. You didn't, and it's just the way he sets the tone, guys. I cannot tell you, there have been a few players, you can count them on one hand, where over the years the sideline comes alive when that guy is just being physical that, on the field and the rest of the team feeds off that. You can Cliff Kingsbury knows that, all the coaches know it, and so they brought back the alpha male, James Conner. Uh, you know, Zach Ertz. Obviously, Kyler needs weapons. He needs targets right now. He needs guys mm-hmm. who can, you know, and, and as I said yesterday, I mean, Zach Ertz, he's Stanford smart. He's always seemingly open. He's always finding a gap in the defense. He's able to adjust on the fly and read those coverages. He's Philly tough. And then if you can combine him with Max Williams, and I know you guys are on board with this as well, that really separates the Cardinals from the rest of the division, does it not, to have that sort of one-two punch at tight end, especially when receiver is still a question mark and as for the christian kirk money you know what happened to the cardinals before i mean jacksonville did it with calais they blew the salary structure out of the water for that position group once upon a time with calais and now they do it with christian kirk talking to paul calvisi uh paulie i i did not think there was much of a chance chandler jones would be back this season and he probably still won't be but with uh with him 
and Von Miller both on signing guys like Randy Gregory and Hassan Reddick already getting paid and some of that money, especially with Gregory going to Denver and taking a potential landing spot away from Chandler Jones. Do you see any any scenario where he might still be an option for the Cardinals? Sure. I mean, if teams are scared off by his age, if they're scared off by a five-sack debut against Tennessee and then five-and-a-half sacks the rest of the way, what exactly are teams thinking there? If Chandler Jones, if Team Chandler has priced himself too high and teams are apprehensive, correct me if I'm wrong, mm. all the edge rusters who have received the big money long-term contracts are all in their mid to late 20s, right? They're all in their prime. So it's not a shocker that a Von Miller and a Chandler Jones are still on the market. I know NFL Network this morning, they reported that Chandler's agent apparently is saying, we're good right now. We're good. We have our number. We have our price. We're going to wait. We're going to be patient. Okay, we'll see. But I think, obviously, the Cardinals have their number. And they're waiting maybe if the market forces bring somewhere a meeting in the middle. But to me, that's, that's, that's a real need right now. You know, you got to get a quarterback and you got to get to the quarterback. And that's where I'm probably most concerned right now. Receiver, corner, okay, you know, you're going to be able to find guys out there. In fact, I have a name of receiver I'm going to throw out here in a minute. And, but in terms of that edge rusher, where are you going to find that guy? Yeah. And, and if that is such a dire need going into the draft at number 23 and that guy is still on the board, guess what? Teams will jump you and will trade in front of you. We're talking to the sideline reporter, Paul Calrissi, for the... <laughs> you know, can I just take a moment here, Maloney? Let's just say that we Paulie, all... I want to hear no, we, Paul. No, we all want to be, we we no be Rex Ryan. Right now, Wolf is the furthest thing from Rex Ryan back when he was head coach of the Bills. Remember this? We've won the offseason. Right. I, I would challenge anything. Yeah. I, I think we've won the offseason. See, Wolf is trending towards Rex right. Ryan right now, who then was fired after a seven-win yeah. season after Paul, Nobody cares. Listen, um, talk to us about that receiver. You got a name for us, Polly? Tell us what that name is. I keep, I keep hitting you over the head with this, and you keep refusing to believe that I believe Juju Smith-Schuster Ooh. is the guy. Mm. Let's just talk about a guy who was all rookie in 2017, went to the Pro Bowl 2018. He's physical. He works the middle of the field. He is tough. He mm. plays through injuries. He's good yards after catch. Would you want some of these assets in a receiver in the Cardinals offense? Yes, my brother loves him. By the way, Paulie loves Juju. Thinks he's a football player first. I love that. He only played five games last year. He was injured. But it was a shoulder injury. It wasn't like it was a knee. wasn't anything lower body. Interesting. Uh, and then also, <clears throat> hello, does he not have that connection to James Saxon and Sean Kugler? The same connection that led James Conner coming to the Cardinals mm. last year. And, and and here's the other thing. His numbers have fallen off ever since the departure of Antonio Brown and right. He's not necessarily a number one. Correct. He, he just isn't. He you know, you, you double team him, he's not gonna put but he's a really good number two. And what do the Cardinals need right now? A really good number two to go alongside DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah, I think a lot of Cardinals fans would be pretty psyched if uh, if Juju Smith Schuster was that guy they signed, only twenty five years old too. Um, Polly, what do you make of the uh, the strategy that the Cardinals clearly employed yesterday of prioritizing their own guys first as as the legal tampering period opened up? And I think it probably just worked out this way, but specifically prioritizing guys on offense. What does that say to you about what they saw from their offense last year? 
Well, it's always easier to go with the known versus the unknown, obviously. Uh, did they have interest in Chase Edmonds and Christian Kirk? Sure, the number went through the roof. I know there were a lot. Of, I know I was wondering about Cole McCoy, especially as the day dragged on. Then finally, we got that news. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good sign on several fronts. Not only did he come in and win two out of three, obviously, uh, but his relationship with Kyler, that would seem to indicate, okay, things are good, A, and then B, maybe Kyler is going to be long-term, something gets done. He is... Cole McCoy is that guy that Kyler definitely respects, right? Grew up watching him when he's a four-year starter at Texas and, and led the Longhorns. And then here's the other thing. When the Cardinals offense was really in gear in, in certain eras, whether it was Kurt Warner or Carson Palmer, those guys were like de facto offensive coordinators. They would wait to put in the game plan until Kurt and Carson Palmer would watch film of the opponent. Cole McCoy is that guy. He, he's seen everything there is. You know, He knows all the defensive coordinators in the league, so he's a really good resource in terms of that as well. So there was no surprise those guys came back. Now, as for an offensive guard, if that's still on the list, that just, from day one, I've always thought that, you know what, they're not going to spend huge money on that. There's probably going to be a veteran offensive guard or two that's still on the market when the music stops, the whole musical chairs thing, and Kime, you know, that Steve Kime has a history of doing that, right? Signing offensive linemen towards the tail end, the back end of free agency. Paulie, especially with Max Williams, do you see this offense shifting and rundown situation more towards two tight ends? Do you see that? And less from three wide do you see them shifting more to two tights and run down situation? Absolutely. Yeah. If those guys are both on the roster, right. no no question. And that and, that gets me fired up, Paul. That that fills me with a little hope that maybe the Cardinals are going to be more aggressive, more physical and run down situation in between the tackles. I mean, obviously we didn't see a whole bunch of Max Williams, but when he was in there, man, he was really good, right? Yep. I mean, think think of that win against the Vikings when the Cardinals came out and, and ran for a buck sixty, and, and Max Williams had seven catches for ninety four yards. Those were career highs in that yep. game. So there were game when he was out there. The Cardinals' offense was balanced. And that was just, it was key. And you're, Wolf, we talked about this right after the season, and that was underrated. There were two underrated injuries, I think, that really submarine things. It was Max Williams on offense, and it was Robert Alford on defense. Wow, yes. The, yes. the Cardinals secondary after Alford went down just was discombobulated yes. for whatever reason. And, and the number of chunk passes and big plays they gave up in that secondary skyrocketed after Alford went out. Text us your thoughts to the Fendel text line at 620-620 right now. We're going to keep Polly around when we come back. What does it mean that DeAndre Hopkins restructured his deal this morning? That's next. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. What up, Kyle Rizzi? 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station, and the Arizona Sports App. NFL Free Agency Frenzy with Wolf and Luke. Yeah, it is the Wolf and Luke Show live from the Auction Community Studios. And joining us on the 72 Sold Sports Line is Paul Calvisi for a second segment. Paulie, how did how did we convince you to do a half hour of our show? You're doing, like, I don't know, what is that, a quarter of, of Wolf's work for the entire day? Well, you know, first off, we make Tuesday the most productive day of the week. That goes unsaid. That's that's the default setting. Number two, I was unaware until you said it going to break, so I'm stuck now, Luke. So here I am. Let's go. Bring it. I'm feeding off your energy. Let's Paulie, go. Number one, we all know the most productive day of the week is 
Thursday before Friday, Paul. Everyone knows Thursday is the day you actually you actually do some work, Paul. So I, I dispute your Tuesday. Well, that's because you have the Friday martini right in front of you like a carrot. That's <laughs> right, why. Paul, that's why Thursday's it's one, for you. Paul, give me a break. Yeah. All right. Uh, it's one. <laughs> Paulie, the um, the restructuring of DeAndre Hopkins' contract this morning. What do you read into that going forward? Well, it was a big number, was it not? Big, big number, $25 million plus, so you had to do something about that. Now, does that poor 10 possibly getting an edge rusher? Are they maybe trying to make some more room to make a run at Chandler Jones or someone else? Perhaps. Uh, maybe they're trying to clear some room and go after that corner. That might still be out there. We'll see. Janoris Jenkins, right, just hit the market, although didn't look all that good in week one against the Cardinals. <laughs> no, he did not. Tennessee. In fact, they went after him uh, more than once uh, um, by design. And then, of course, yeah, I mean, TikTok. What does that say about maybe creating some room this year for Kyla Murray and beyond? Um, we'll see. And once again, if you're going to get to the Kyla Murray question, I know you will, Luke. Here's what I'm going to say. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. And if the Cardinals were fully expecting to get a deal done perhaps during the summer, as Michael Bidwell said recently on your airwaves, then you know what? That would be expected. That would be the norm. The six other quarterbacks to be rewarded after year three. They got all their deals done, if you look at it, in June, July, August, or September. So trying to accelerate the timeline before free agency and or before the draft can be problematic for any franchise. And so I'm guessing if that that is part of the equation, I'm not exactly sure if that is part of the ultimate decision and, and a deal breaker. But, you know, if, if Kyler's agent continues to be persistent about that, then I'm curious to see where it goes. Paulie, you know, you're obviously very, very good at the sideline, of course, all the sideline work you do for the Arizona Cardinals. Have you looked at the rest of the National Football League, Paul? Have you have you noticed anything in free agency right. with the rest of the league that stood out to you, Paulie? I'm bracing for the backhand. Oh, it's not coming? <laughs> no, That's a legitimate I just question. know, Paulie. Okay. You're, 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 <laughs> well, you're focused on the sideline, yeah. but still, have you seen the rest well, of the NFL? If there are names out there that I was coveting for the Arizona Cardinals who have gone elsewhere, in fact, just today, the the answer would be a resounding yes. DJ Reed going to the Jets for three years, $33 million. Uh, There's a guy, 25, 26-year-old corner, who looked really good when he was healthy for the Seahawks this past year, and he goes to rejoin Robert Salas, former defensive coordinator with the Niners. Uh, DJ Shark, you know, at, at 6'4 for Jacksonville, he, he's gone. Detroit gives him one year, whether it's 10 or $12 million, based on the reports. I thought that might have been a possibility for the Cardinals, as, you know, they do need a known in terms of uh, a proven guy in that receiver room right now, Russell Gage, who really came on the end of last year, and it's no surprise that he left Atlanta, and it's no surprise that he signed with the division rival, Tampa. Because I'm sure Jason Lydon and the Bucks saw Russell Gage and the way he was playing for the Falcons mm-hmm. towards the end of the year. In fact, if I'm Atlanta, I'm going after Chandler Jones. They had 18 sacks as a team. <laughs> T.J. Watt had more sacks last year. Chandler Jones has had more sacks in a season than the Falcons had as a team. I just I wonder why the Falcons aren't in the mix for a Chandler Jones. I mean, those are those are some of the headlines that stood out to me today, in particular when you scan through it. Paulie, specifically a corner, J.C. Jackson gets five years, eighty-two point five million with the Chargers. Carlton Davis goes back to Tampa. There are still some some big name corners. I know you mentioned uh, D.J. Reed, who is now with the uh, the Jets, like you said, but I mean like. 
like a Stephon Gilmore. There are still some corners out there, but are we nearing the point now where if you're the Cardinals, maybe you either just kind of wait to the draft or, or try and get somebody to, at a discounted rate? Uh, yes and yes, uh, honestly. I mean, at this point, um, you know, the big money has gone out to the big names right off the bat, and typically, you know, you can wait this one out. You can probably wait easily in, until next week, even perhaps, for one of these other free agent corners, especially if there's a number of them. How many teams are going to have money left? How many are willing? How many have that true urgency? Um, in terms of the draft, we know that's been the most popular position group from what I've seen in terms of a mock draft and number tr- th- uh, 23 is going after a corner. So we'll see. Um, but, you know, look, we saw Marco Wilson, and it was a roller coaster ride last year as a rookie. Phenomenally talented. But did he hit that rookie wall sometime around Thanksgiving? And even though Marco Wilson didn't get roasted, didn't get burned, you know, and schooled, you know, teams would target him. And he was always, you know, or at least often enough, he was a half step behind a receiver and it cost the Cardinals down the stretch. Now, I firmly believe with a complete offseason and, and, and he'll be back and I think he's going to be a legit top three corner. But if you can send Byron Murphy back into the slot on a consistent basis and get a number one corner with some size, man, that would go a long way. Paulie, is there a team you like what they've done so far? Is there a team out there that you look at and think, man, you know what, that's that's kind of a, a good offseason so far? <laughs> Well, how can you not start with the Broncos, right? Yeah. I mean, first off, you had no chance without a quarterback. You went on, got that quarterback. You made yourself relevant as a franchise. You put yourself on the national radar. They go out and get Russell Wilson. But some of the other moves they made, like D.J. Jones from the 49ers. D.J. Jones, Paulie, very underrated. Absolutely. That dude was disruptive for the 49ers in both games against the Cardinals this past year. He balled out in the playoffs. I thought that was a big get for the Broncos. I don't have their list of all their free agents in front of me, but to get Randy Gregory. I'll tell you a story. Randy Gregory came back from one of his like 18 suspensions, and he finally came back, and it was a preseason game. It was a couple of years ago, Cardinals and Cowboys, and it was the ones against the ones for like one or two series, and Randy Gregory went off against D.J. Humphreys. And all eyes were on Randy Gregory because basically he was the only storyline in a preseason game was his return. And I know that offensive linemen have a lot of respect for Randy Gregory. And Mm -hmm. there was a stat that when Randy Gregory, Micah Parsons, and Demarcus Lawrence were on the field together at the same time, and it was only about 150 snaps or so last season for the Cowboys, they had the best yards allowed per snap metric of any defense in the NFL. And I think that Randy Gregory is going to be huge for the Broncos because now they have the quarterback and they have the ability to get to the quarterback. Polly, before we let you go, just want to get your thoughts on Tom Brady coming out of retirement a couple days ago after only being retired for not even six weeks. Well, was I dead wrong on him ending up with the 49ers? Absolutely. <laughs> but you can't tell me, Wolf, as he mocks me and he laughs in the background. Stop, Paul. You can't tell me, Wolf, that he didn't retire in some sort of leverage play to pave his way to the 49ers. That's the only box left to check in his entire career is to play for the team he grew up following, idolizing Joe Montana. So I firmly believe that he tried. He tried. He went down swinging to try and make that happen and end up with the 49ers. Because, look, Trey Lance, I know there's a lot of people out there, oh, you know, they drafted Trey Lance, they gave up the three first-round picks, he's the future, sure. 
But he doesn't have to be the future this year, and he probably shouldn't be the future this season, in my opinion. The Niners, they have a Super Bowl-ready roster right now. They prove that. If it wasn't for Joukowsky Tart dropping that interception, <laughs> they might have been in the Super Bowl, should have been in the Super Bowl. So if I'm John Lynch and I'm Kyle Shanahan, and there's a lot of people who think Trey Lance is still too raw to be an effective playoff quarterback this year, then I could see where the Niners might have had interest. Yeah, Paulie. Even though Andrew Whitworth's neck is bigger than your waist, Paul, did you see where he retired? He made his declaration that he was retiring. It's actually, despite the insult, an astute observation by you, Wolf. So I'll look past the insult, and I'll just say the most underrated element of the Rams going back to dominance and winning a Super Bowl was when they signed Andrew Whitworth. If you remember that 2017 game, game, that season finale at the L.A. Coliseum when Jared Goff was a crash test dummy, and then they went out and fixed the offensive line. They got Sean McVay in 18, but more importantly, I mean just as important to me, honestly, was the left tackle Andrew Whitworth. Mm-hmm. So, good luck. They just overpaid Joseph Noteboom to be their new left tackle. He was effective, <laughs> but he wasn't Andrew Whitworth, and they lost their punter, Johnny Hecker. So, once again, you know, I mean, you got to figure out the punting around here with the Cardinals. Andy Lee, conspicuous by the fact that he hasn't signed on the line that is dotted yet. We'll see. Paulie, how often would you say you have to look past the insult when uh, answering a question from Wolf? Well, it's just one of many things. I, it's just like uh, white noise. I uh, just ignore from Wolf, you know, the J.C. Jackson report that he was going to sign with the Cardinals, <laughs> that kind of stuff. You know, I just, I, I you know. Stop it. I, just, I, I have to look past that kind of stuff. All right, Paulie. Uh, thank you. You were actually good today. Thank you, Paulie. Thanks, we Paulie. appreciate that. <laughs>